The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. On this emergency episode of the Heat Check, oh my god, it happened it happened damian lillard has been traded to the milwaukee fucking bucks oh my god and we also have a special interview by the way with keith smith nba insider and cap expert to break it all down folks from the perspective of every team involved and not involved here's looking at you my name drop everything that you're doing because we need to get into this episode right now Drop that beat, Rihanna. Then drop that beat, William. That should be Rihanna. I'm so excited. Break, we're breaking down all the biggest NBA storylines. You're tuned in to the Heat Check. The Heat Check with Trista Crick. The best podcast covering all the drama around the association. It's breaking. It's breaking news. I know it happened yesterday, but I had to do some other work and then come home and then record this. Uh, it is breaking news to me. At about 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we got the, I mean, this is the, the Taj Mahal of Woj Bombs. Let's be honest, right? Like, this is the one that's made up. This is the Woj Mary. You've been getting your ass fucking handed to you by Shams for the last, I don't know, three months. And you know what? Here we are, the redemption arc of Adrian Wojnarowski. It is... Dame Lillard, the trade is here to the Milwaukee Bucks. This is the bomb. This is the sound of the Woj bomb. Because Damian Lillard is not a Miami Heat. Damian Lillard is not a Toronto Raptor. Like a thief in the night, they say real G's move in silence. Like lasagna, that is John Horst and the Milwaukee Bucks. There's so much to process. There just is. Let's collectively, though, take a deep breath because it's been a long summer for this. <sighs> Inhale, exhale, pause the podcast and download your favorite meditation app and know, feel your body, feel every, every inch of your body. Start with your toes, go all the way to your ankles, to your knees, to your thighs, to your elbows to your neck, feel your head, and say, oh my God, Damian Lillard's a Milwaukee Buck. (laughs) Now that we're as cool and calm as the Arctic breeze, I will break down the deal. We will then go apeshit again, because it's going to happen, and we will dissect it. It's a three-team deal involving the Blazers, of course, the Phoenix Suns, Yes, because DeAndre Ayton did, it was real, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Note the one team missing is the Miami Heat, who said... Listen, it's 
all you all you can fight and scream. It's like uh, when you're on death row and they're like, it's coming. Uh, the needle is coming for you. Whatever you want to do, you can think it, it's happening. You can pretend, you can appeal, you can try to run away. But at the end of the time, the Miami Heat are inevitable. They tried to act like there was nothing we could do, Portland Trailblazer fans. They were just going to hold us down, and they were just going to put a pillow on our face into our bodies, went lifeless, and they took Damian Lillard for us. Anyway, they didn't. So much to get to on that soon. The trade, the Blazers get DeAndre Ayton, Drew Holiday, Tumani Kamara, Kamari, nobody cares about him, a 2029 first-round pick, unprotected, which by that point, Dame will probably be out of the league. Two picks, and Giannis will probably force his way to another team. And two pick swaps in 2028 and 2030. The Suns get Yusuf Nurkic, Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, Keon Johnson. The Bucks get Dame Lillard. I didn't see this coming. Did you see this coming? I don't know that anyone whispered about it. I heard like, oh, that would make sense. Giannis wants maybe this team to go all in, but no one thought that they would get rid of their golden child that they paid for four first-round picks for, Drew Holiday. Not a whisper. Not from Mark Spears. Not from Chris Haynes. No one. Not a ripple. Not a peep. Quiet as church mouses. So, yeah, I think we were all kind of floored by the news. My initial reaction? I love it. I can't, I mean, inject it into my veins. You know me, longtime Bucks fan, a legend at Deer Park. Come on, let's get with it. Let me rephrase that, though. As much as you can love, as much as you can love letting go of your favorite blazer in your team's history, you just given the options, he was out. He was outro, right? Like there was, unless you were getting honest to the Portland Trailblazers, he was gone. He was giggity gone. Joe Cronin, new GM, did his best and did about as well as you could even expect. Against all the odds, he did the following. He protected his team's interest in the face of, let's be honest, a disinformation campaign that rivals the election in 2016 by Russia. Like, that's where we're at. Like the Facebook campaign where it was like Nancy Pelosi had a straight, like what was it, human trafficking ring inside of a pizza shop in the garage. Like that's where we're at in terms of comparable disinformation campaigns because they said that Dame would only play for one team and one team only and no matter where he went, no matter if it was a really good contender, he was going to ask to Miami anyway. He was, he was going to be traded to that one place. And you know what? Portland said, we are unfazed. We are unfazed by this. Honest to God, it was like a Cold War Soviet propaganda campaign being waged against Joe Cronin personally. I've never seen any. I think these Miami Heat fans were actually Russian bots. I, I honestly, we need to check what their follower accounts really were, who they were. Were their followers real? I don't know. They were mad at me, though. Two, once Drew is traded, it's going to result in a haul commensurate with the superstar. You get Aiton, you get likely, because you have two pick swaps and a first-round pick. So, and remember, they traded for Drew with two firsts and two pick swaps. So, as of now, it's the same as the Drew trade minus one first-round pick. So, you're probably getting one or two first-round picks back for Drew. So, you're likely getting three first-rounders and two pick swaps. Joe, three, protected the interest, 
of young guards by not adding another one, right? Because you don't want that. And moving Dame out, not saddling them with a broken down player with like Kyle Lowry, who will only hinder their development or that you have to worry about having on this team and telling him to make 82 tee times because he's not playing for your squad. Just don't show up. Four, they get out from under a very bad Nurkic contract. I mean, Nurkic is represented by Clutch Sports, so you know the deal wasn't great. Very underrated move. Placed Dame in a winning position, and everyone said, oh, Portland, poverty franchise, oh, they're not going to do right by Dame. Who's talking about that now? No one. It's a much better situation for Dame than Miami was. Sands, no state taxes. That one hurts. And then, finally, my favorite one. It's not really my favorite one, but we'll just say it is. He screwed Miami. Joe Cronin said, you know what? If it's a jump ball, fuck you. And he was, he was saying it, and he was doing it. That, my friends, is a six-part win with a capital W. And with every winner, there's got to be losers. And the losers in this situation, not Dame, but Dame's agent, Aaron Goodwin the hyper-aggressive agent who spent the last two months telling the world that he was going to get exactly what he wanted for his client and there was nothing that anybody could do about it. Trying to convince a very increasingly skeptical world that Dame was not going to do anything other than play for the Heat. Imagine Dame going to Milwaukee and being like, at media day, Monday, yeah, I still want the Heat, though. Not gonna, I know I said I wanted to play for you with Giannis, but I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really about that. Cronin destroyed Aaron Goodwin's reputation based on the fact that everything that he's been claiming for the last 60 days just completely false. Mark Spears just reported the following. With Miami talks going nowhere, Agent Goodwin privately told the Bucks and Nets 10 days ago that Dame would be interested in a deal there. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, uh, the Raptors were a real contender to land the ex-Trailblazer star, but ultimately the Bucks got it done, per Woj report. Even Aaron Goodwin, at the end, knew the end was coming. You know how I know that this is a gigantic L for the Heat and Goodwin? Because Goodwin came out with the white flag. He said, the Heat did everything that they could to acquire Dame. It takes two to get a deal done. I appreciate all that Pat, Andy, and Mickey did to try to make this happen. Folks, here's something that just came to my mind as I was reading this. Aaron Goodwin has, I would say, a very small collection of assets. So him playing nicey-nicey with the Miami Heat, to me, means one thing. He's going to try to get DeMar DeRozan there. Yes, he is. Other One of his other few clients that he has on this team besides... Trendon Watford and Dame's cousin um, is DeMar DeRozan. That's the other marquee player of note. Just watch. It is now September 27th. Do not sleep. DeMar DeRozan heat talks will heat up. Uh, the other big loser, Miami Heat Reddit, Miami Heat Twitter, the wildly arrogant fan base that lives on the internet because no one gaslit us harder. No one gaslit us more feverishly. And no one is more gut-punched as a result than Twitter Heat fans. 
Immediately, news leaked after the deal went down, probably from Blazers camp, that not only did the Blazers not reach out to the Heat to match Milwaukee's offer, but also that Pat Riley found out that Dame got traded to Milwaukee on Twitter with everyone else through social media. Just brutal. Just a very, very bad beat for Pat Riley, for this fan base, especially for a guy who is pushing in his 80s, right? Who tried to bully, intimidate, play chicken with the Blazers because he was like, well, what other options do you have? I'm not giving you Jaime Jaquez. I'm not giving you Nikola Jovic. I'm not giving you anything other than Tyler Hero and two first-round picks. Why? Because I got you over the barrel. Goodness gracious. What's that old saying about karma? That it's a, a dish? What's that saying about revenge? That that's a dish best served cold? Because Joe Cronin served up a full plate of frozen revenge to Pat Riley. The Heat did not do anything, certainly did not do anything to acquire Dame, and you can argue that they almost did nothing to get him. It was almost like they didn't want him. Like I said, their offer was Tyler Hero and two first-round picks, a player that the Blazers did not want, did not need, and they said, if you can get us multiple firsts for him and it's four first-round picks, then maybe. What happened is that Pat Riley tried to play hardball and it didn't. it did not work. Classic case of fuck around and find out. The other minor loser was Toronto. They just do not want to get rid of their assets and get anything back. They just don't. They are actually like the worst at this. They did one good thing to get Kawhi Leonard, Masai Ujiri, and they let Kyle Lowry go for almost nothing. Uh, They're going to let, they let Fred Van Fleet go for nothing. They're going to let OG Ananobi go for nothing. They're probably going to let Pascal Siakam go for nothing because why they would not let OG Ananobi go for Damian Lillard even though OG Ananobi is on an expiring. Everyone said that Portland would have lost that trade because OG no way would have stayed with Portland and they would have just gotten, I don't know, Grady Dick, two first round picks and a guy who doesn't want to be there. But guess what? Toronto said no. Let's look at the reaction from the respective team's fan bases, starting in Portland. Things are looking good. Things are rosy. Universal celebration. People are buying Milwaukee Bucks jerseys, probably tickets to Deer Park. We all wanted to do right by Dame as long as it was right for the Blazers, and guess what? Here it is. And on top of that, big fuck you to the Heat fans. Vast majority of Blazer fans are excited. They have four reactions. One, relief. It's over. Whew. It's over. Blazer fans, it's done. We don't have to think about this ever again. Genuine relief from Rip City that Portland was not bullied into taking a bad deal, and they no longer have to worry about Damian Lillard saying mean things about us on media day. Two, appreciation for Joe Cronin. He was put in a terrible position and somehow found a path so that all the people who mattered actually became happy, moderately at least. Three, Of course, we're putting out memes, we're putting out tweets, appreciation posts, gratitude for Dame. He's the best. He was the best. It was the best a Blazer fan could ever hope for. Ten toes down, was here a decade, did everything that he could to win us a ring. I love Dame as a person. I love Dame as a player. Uh, He's the best Blazer in my mind to ever suit up, and I loved Arvita Sabonis. I I loved Clyde Drexler. 
but boy, oh boy, were they not Dame. So many moments that he gave us. I, I infamously said that I don't want Dame to win a chip if he goes anywhere else. Really what I meant is I don't want a Dame to, I didn't want Dame to win a chip if he went to Miami. That's really what I meant. That was just me being bitter about Miami. I couldn't stomach the fact that Pat Riley would win because he always wins. Watch winning time. It's just gross. That little slick back. He's just smug. And four, Portland fans feel happiness over the fact that Nurk is not there anymore and that contract's not there anymore and you get a young number one overall draft pick from a few years ago who's got a lot left of potential in the tank. DeAndre Ayton didn't get a great shake in Phoenix and now you get him and Drew who will result in a haul and yes, I think that that's a great way to set the Blazers up for the future. So I say, I think it's safe to say that Blazer Nation is pretty good. If you're a Milwaukee fan, you've got to be fucking stunned. You're stunned. Like, where, how did we get this? We didn't even know. We thought it was July, and it's Christmas. We woke up in the middle of July, and there's a room full of presents for us under a tree we didn't even know should be there. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Every Bucks site, every Bucks podcast is like, huh? How? What? We thought we were losing Giannis. And all I see is how GM John Big Balls Horst pulls some shit off like this. Although Mark Spears mentioned that the Bucks had preliminary talks with the Blazers, no one saw it coming. Just like with the Drew trade. La, 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 la. Holy shit. Woj bomb. Uh, Bucks fans also appreciative. They love Drew Holiday. They don't want to let him go, but you can't say no to Dame time. AKA, it's now called Freak Time. Pause. No one thinks it's a bad trade. The idea of Dame keeping defenses from collapsing on Giannis is going to be great. Of course, they've got unbridled giddy excitement. They've moved from the fourth favorite, plus 600 to the leader in the clubhouse in one minute, in literally a minute. If I didn't know how happy this fan base was, the hundreds of variations of 
I'm glad I wore white pants today joke would have been a dead giveaway. And rightly so. This combo is going to be deadly. Number one duo in the East, probably number one duo in the NBA. If you're a Sixers and Celtics fan, you're like, how are we guarding that? We used to just build the wall around Giannis, and now, like, the wall doesn't work anymore. It does not work. Uh, A brief pit stop also uh, in Phoenix as facilitators of this deal. It was just never going to work with DeAndre Aiden. They hated him. I don't know why, but they did. They got Vogel. Vogel was saying all the right things. I think Vogel could have turned Aiton into a nice center, and they just – they just were like, yeah, let's stop trying to make DeAndre Ayton happen. It's not happening. I love him. I love Ayton. I think he's awesome. I've always loved Ayton since he was – I've loved Ayton since he was 15 years old when I saw him at the Adidas Nations. That's how long. So this is a fresh start for him. He finally gets the respect he wants. He's already tra- changed his 2K jersey and putting it online to Portland. Hell yeah. Um, the Suns pick up badly needed depth. They get Nasir Little, they get Keon Johnson, and they get Nurk. Nurk's going to know his role. He's going to shut his mouth, and he's going to play with KD. He's going to love it too. Everyone's, everyone in Phoenix has got to be pretty much over the mood. Finally, we end in Miami where uh, fans are starting to cannibalize on one another. It's bad out there on the streets. They're like ready to turn on Pat Riley. They're saying he's a slappy when they were saying he was the smartest facilitator, league exec ever, how much changes in an hour is wild. It's, whoa, the entire fan base was convinced they were getting Dame. They, they would have staked their beating heart on it. And now, Rug is out from under them, and they're looking around like Will Smith in an empty room. How is the heat in their fan base taking the news? Let's look into it. Uh, what's the emotions? Do we really care what their emotions are? Do we really care about them? No, but we'll go into it. Number one is anger. They're just shocked and angry. Whole lot of angry posts across social media like, how did this happen? They've whiffed on one star after another to add to Jimmy and Bam. No Beal, even though that what Phoenix got him for peanuts. There were some Pat Riley is 80 and he's lost his fastball. He needs to retire posts. Someone tweeted that it was Joe Cronin's fault. It was Danny Ainge's fault. It was Clutch's fault. It was everybody's fault except for Pat Riley's. If the whole league is against them, maybe we should replace him with someone that can actually get along with people. Whoa. Whoa. Hold on now. Settle down, Heat fans. Remember, you told me everything was fine, and you were just in the finals last year. So, seems like everything's fine. Number two, emotion is rage. Rage at the Blazers, which I got to say is my favorite emotion of them all. Much more common were Heat fans believing that the Blazers did this out of straight pettiness, which I don't know whether that's true, but if it is, that's awesome. That's awesome. They're big mad, folks. Big mad. And they're blaming Joe Cronin. This fan base is delusional. They really they really are. The, the fact that Joe Cronin would take a worse deal just to screw over Miami is ridiculous. Like I said, if it's a jump ball, it's fuck you. Number three is resignation. I think they're starting to realize that they've got nothing. They've lost multiple role players, guys that played, two guys that played in the starting lineup for the entire playoffs, and those guys are gone. The heat, heat over heativerse, I guess we'll call it, felt a whole lot of uh, just resignation over the news. They kept being told that they 
can't go all in on a superstar because the next star down the road is the one. That's what the genius about Joe Cronin really is, though, because the next domino was supposed to be Giannis, and now they've taken them both away in one fell swoop, and they've actually taken three away because, let's be real, the next domino guard that they wanted was Drew Holiday, and guess what? You're not getting him either. So option one, gone. Option two, gone. Option three, gone. Fuck you. Um, that means there's only one possibility for them on the table in the Jimmy Bam era, and that's Joel Embiid. And folks, if that's your backup plan, I hate to tell you, the 76ers are in the market for Drew Holiday. And boy, oh boy, do I see Joe Cronin making that move, which would be about checkmate. Checkmate. I think there are two things Heat fans can take away from today. One, this team signed RJ Hampton which is a personal favorite player of mine, considering that I watched Davion Mitchell cook him for an entire summer league game, telling us about all of the ways he was just trash. You got that going for you, which is nice. And the team tweeted out that Josh Richardson will wear the number zero for the Heat. Wow. If that's not putting, oh, God, if that's not throwing in the towel, I don't know what is. Silver linings, Heat fans. Silver linings. My personal feeling on a more, we'll call it sincere note, is that I'm incredibly happy that this is the duo we got because these are two of the most loyal guys in the NBA and they both were kind of pushed to the brink and now because they said something, hey, I need to win, they got put together. Dame and Giannis. And the truth is, Dame no matter how much he said he wanted to be in Miami, said this a long time ago about Giannis, and I think it still rings true today. If you were to pick a player that would help you win a championship, who would you pick? I would pick Giannis. I hope he would get to play with Giannis at some point. Those two would be a very, very nice combo. I mean, I would say just the, the dominance, you know, somebody that's, you know, going to get to the rim. He's a good playmaker, a good defender, disruptive, and his the way he plays compliments the way I play. Yes, sir. Uh, and so I like that for Dame a lot. I think he deserves. Maybe you guys thought I really meant that he did not deserve to have basketball happiness, but I, I really think this is good for both of them. They're two of the most likable guys in the league, and I wish them all the best. It's a lot easier also. Another thought that I had about this is just it was so much easier for Milwaukee to do this for Giannis than it was for Portland to do this for Dame because big guys like Giannis, really, really hard to find, hence the reason he's a two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, and Greek freak, than it is to do that when you've got a guard, which are a lot easier to replace. And I think Dame, obviously, I, I consider him a top three guard in the league. But star players ask out a lot more when they're guards. That's just the truth. Embiid, as much as he's been quote-unquote unhappy, he's been rocking. You're not getting a Jokic. You're not getting a Giannis because teams don't want to give up on those dudes. I am also happy that Miami did not get what they wanted. Uh, I think I've said that multiple times on this podcast, but it's worth saying again. Uh, I am happy that they are left holding their dicks. Their fans were insufferable. And guess what? Like, I'm more upset that there were legit Miami quote-unquote journalists that were trying to manipulate the information to make it seem like there was nothing that Portland could do. I do hope that if Dame gets a ring in my Milwaukee, that 
that he gets multiple. I hope that they stay together forever. I would not mind if they were title contenders and they were running through the East for a minute. I thought that Cronin, as a new GM, did a fantastic job. He played his cards to his vest. There was no leaks. There were plenty of people who were saying that Joe Cronin had dick. And you know what? He knew he didn't, but he didn't say a word. He kept things closed, and that's what good GMs do. It's a great day also for the NBA. Why? If Dame had gone to Miami, every star player would be like, yeah. And every agent would say, I can get my client wherever I want to go and wherever they want to go whenever I want to go. And that's just what you cannot have if you're Adam Silver. So a good day for the logo. Great day for the logo. I am happy for Dame. I, I really don't think the Blazers did right by Dame. And that's not Joe Cronin's fault. So I'm glad that they have found an end to this chapter. I am happy for... Uh, watching Dame on the East Coast because 10 p.m. From, from the East Coast is a rough fucking beat. 41 times for Dame to play at 10.30 is disgusting. Uh, and it's a great day for the league. Good day for Blazer fans. Good day for Dame. And good day for fans of the entire league. And if it's not a good day for you, you're a Heat fan. Uh, that was, that's the end of this portion since that was so much fun. We needed someone to come in and give us a full-on breakdown. I'm excited to bring on Keith Smith for a special Dame-centric interview. If you don't know Keith, you don't know anything. He's the insider, insider from Spotrack. He came onto the show, BetMGM tonight, to give his candid reaction to the Dame trade. The other voices that you hear are my co-host Nick Ashu and Ryan Horvat. He also breaks down what happens now with Miami and with Drew Holiday, so let's get into it. All right, Keith Smith jumps on with us. been a while since we've talked, Keith. Uh, it's been quiet in the NBA for a while, and then boom, we get this bomb today. Damian Lillard's off to the Bucks. Let's just, I, I guess, paint a big picture for not just the Bucks, but really all three teams involved here and sort of what your takeaways were from the trade. Yeah, very unexpected. Uh, you know, We had heard over the last few days that Toronto was getting close, and then there was some buzz that maybe Miami might re-engage. And I think there's some spin going on now on exactly you know, what the Heat did and didn't offer and what they did and didn't do in the last couple of days. But, it, it, you know, the Bucks are in a position where they were looking to make a big splash to try to convince Giannis, hey, we're committed and we're not just committed for another year or so. We're really trying to lock in for the next several years to try to keep winning. And that's what he said they had to do. And that, that's what they've gone out and done. For Portland, clearly, you're rebuilding. So you're going to get the young player and DeAndre Ayton. You're getting uh, the draft picks coming in from Milwaukee. We'll see what happens with Drew Holiday. He's you know, probably never even going to show up in Portland um, at this point. They're probably going to work a trade before that happens. And then the Phoenix Suns, a bit of an odd addition in here, but they wanted to get uh, move on from DeAndre Ayton, break that contract up into several smaller contracts. They get Yusuf Nurkic coming in, who will – step in as their starting five, and then we'll see where they go with, with the other guys they got, like Grayson Allen, in this year a little. You're a, a I would call you a, a professional. You're a real-deal journalist, Keith. Uh, I have been sickened by Miami media not doing real journalism, and I'm okay with that normally, but they've actually tried to bully and strong-arm the Portland Trailblazers into taking that terrible deal. Uh, what's your perspective on kind of how this whole thing is played out because it looks looks very silly in hindsight in terms of what they were doing. Yeah, I, I think, you know, anytime you start taking the approach of, 
trying to negotiate for a team. It's going to be a little backwards. And, you know, we're, we're in this world now of fans covering teams. And that, that's, you know, kind of a thing that happened um, often. I, I, I did it. I grew up a Celtics fan. I covered the Celtics for years, but I like to think I tried to stay fairly objective about it. Even, you know, at times I know my fandom leaked in there for sure, but there was never a point where I was out there saying, you know, like right now there's reports Boston wants Drew Holiday, but I'm not going to pitch, you know, well, the Trailblazers should absolutely take Malcolm Brogdon. He'd be great for them. It doesn't make any sense for them. Just like Tyler Hero wouldn't have made any sense. So, yeah, it, it was definitely one of those things where, you know, if anything, I'm almost glad this is over so we don't have to listen to and hear that kind of stuff on a daily basis anymore all across social media. So what happened with uh, the Portland and Miami negotiations in terms of what you know? Because we're hearing a lot of different information about Portland didn't go back to Miami when they had other deals on the table. Originally, there was no deals that were outside of Miami. Aaron Goodwin now, I hear that were report. there were some reports that he went to Milwaukee and to Brooklyn and said Dame actually would go there. Like, What are you hearing? Yeah, what I've heard was, you know, Miami obviously engaged them right away and, and openly said, hey, we know, you know, this may take a third team. There, there may not be a direct two-team match here because any trade they, they did was going to involve either Kyle Lowry or Tyler Hero as the primary salary matching piece in the Blazers. that They're not in a position where they really want to take on either of those guys. Miami also uh, was capped out at offering two draft picks and a lot of teams view the Miami Heat draft picks similar to the Los Angeles Lakers, where, yeah, it sounds good to have them, but it's pretty rare when those teams are bad and bad for very long. So what it turns into is, do we really want all, all of those picks you know, from them? And you know, then we're going to have to turn around and move Hero or move Lowry, and that's going to be a complicated process. So everything sounds like there was no real two-team match there. And then what ultimately happened was, Portland was, hey, we're going to move on. If you want to make this work, you got to find the third team. We're not going to be the ones that go out there and find that third team to make this happen. You're, you're going to have to you know, fi- figure this out. So I, I think we're in a spot where there just wasn't a match there, and a lot got made of you know, Portland's unwillingness to be reasonable when it's not on them to be the team that puts together the full trade when they had other options and obviously took one. Uh, Keith, really quick, moving over to the West, because the Suns also obviously involved in the deal, and they're the favorites right now, even over the Nuggets in the West. Um, so do you think they're a better team after these moves? Obviously, they needed depth, but they moved DeAndre Ayton. You bring in Grayson Allen. You bring in Little. Uh, you already added Eric Gordon. Do you think the Suns are a better team today on Wednesday than they were on Tuesday after this deal? You know, I don't know. I, it's tough, because I, as much as I like Yusuf Nurkic, and he's a better offensive player, than DeAndre Aiden. I looked at it and thought, how much off, more offense do you need? You have Kevin Durant, you have Devin Booker, you have Bradley Beal. If you're really feeling like you need to add more offense, well, then you you you're, you better be planning on outscoring teams, you know, 140 to 125 every night. And, and Aiden, he's not a great defender, but he's a better defender than Nurkic. He's got more potential to be a better defender than Nurkic. I think Frank Vogel was going to be able to pull that out of him. He's done wonders with big men throughout the course of his career. 
But I kind of get it. They wanted more of a sure thing with Nurkic there, a guy they weren't going to probably worry at all about his his uh, you know buy-in and really want to work and do all the things. He knows he's a role player. He's going to come in and play that role. Grayson Allen will help because he can play both guard positions. They're a little weak at guard depth behind the two primary guys in Booker and Beal. Eric Gordon's a veteran, but a little bit older. He's had some injury issues, so that's something to watch. And then this year, Little just a player I really like, but but we'll see. There, there's kind of a you know mix of guys that are going to be in there battling for minutes in the starting five and alongside Kevin Durant, you know, in that group and behind Durant as well. So so we're going to see. I, I think they're probably better. I don't know that they're appreciably better. I, I've still got them behind Denver, but they, they're right there. They're already number two, and I don't know that this changes much from them being number two for me. Talking to Keith Smith, BetMGM tonight. So obviously a lot of reports that Drew Holiday may get just flipped by Portland. Where do you see him or what are some of the maybe the most likely landing spots for him? And could Portland make any other moves after that? Yeah, to answer the second part, I don't think we're going to see Portland do do much else because they're pretty well set now. You you basically got your young core in place with uh, Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons. Now you're adding DeAndre Ayton to that mix. You've got Chris Murray, who you also drafted. Basically, everybody outside of Drew Holiday is under 30 on this roster. Jeremy Grant will turn 30 in season, but you know he's locked into such a long-term contract, nothing's going to happen with that one uh, anytime soon. So it's going to be Drew Holiday. As to who could trade for any team that has title aspirations that could use a guard, is probably picked up the phone and called, whether it's Philadelphia or Boston or Toronto or maybe the L.A. Clippers, I'm sure all those teams are looking at it and saying, hey, what does it take? And one of the things I was told you know, in the aftermath of this trade was, hey, it's easier to trade for Drew Holiday than it is to trade for Damian Lillard because he makes a lot less money. And you know, teams are going to look at it and say, yeah, he's a very good player, but he's not Damian Lillard. So I think you're going to see a lot of teams uh, making offers and getting involved. And I do think Corum will get him traded probably before everything kicks off next week because – one of the motivating factors in all of this was given Chauncey Billups the roster is going to have to start the year without a whole bunch of stuff hanging over him of, yeah, we'll get this guy, and we might trade him and all that. They want him to be able to start fresh with that young group, and I think that's going to be a big part of getting Holiday moved fairly quickly. There's a lot of teams that want Holiday, not a lot of teams that have what it takes to get Holiday. Who do you think is the most likely team to get him? Who are some dark horses, and who would you absolutely rule out? I would keep an eye on Philadelphia to get him. He was one of the, the players that they were talking about maybe trying to go after with this whole cap space plan for next summer. And I think people maybe have forgotten. That's where he started his career. And they, they loved him. They just basically said, hey, he's too good for what we're going to be as a team as we start the, the process years. So we got to move on. And, and they've obviously, James Harden becomes the immediate easy salary match, not direct to Portland. They'd have to be a third team. So maybe the Clippers get in there and the Clippers yeah. and Philly both send a pick to you know, Portland's way or you know, we get you know some, a couple players moved on and, and that's how this happens. There definitely could be something there with, with that team. I know Boston would love to have them. Their challenge is it's Malcolm Brogdon, and then putting together the other pieces, you got to trade you know, either Robert Williams, Al Horford, or a whole bunch of guys as depth, and then you're going to have to make it up uh, the difference with draft picks, and that becomes a little bit of a challenge for the Celtics. But I, you know, I, 
one thing, Drew Holiday's agent has done a lot of work with Boston over the years, so I wouldn't rule them out. They're, they're being aggressive. They're trying to, you know, make things happen if they can. So, you know, we're, we're going to see. You know, I, I think we're in a spot where this is going to be really interesting to watch this play out. Who I'd absolutely rule out, the Lakers aren't going to get them. Of course, their fans immediately want to, oh, well, we'll get them. We'll trade, you know, D'Angelo Russell and other stuff without any regard of why would Portland want those things, but that's just, you know, what Laker fans do. You think there's any chance that Orlando tries to get in the mix because that's what Kevin O'Connor thinks is a good look? Yeah, I don't think so. It just doesn't scream what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to build something that can be sustainable for years here in Orlando. That's where I am and where I'm located. So they, I know that front office, they're, they're content to just keep building with what they've got. They're very happy with the players that they have. And this would mean – all right, we got to start cashing in some guys. There's no organizational push to you got to be a playoff team this year or anything like that coming. So there's no motivation from that side to make a trade like this. And they're just not ready to cash in their young players and their young assets to make something like this happen right now. So I think we're in a spot where, you know, the Magic, I, I get it. They're, they're, it could make sense, but I just don't see that being something that happens. Keith, in my perfect world, Drew Holiday goes to the Clippers. They get an actual point guard. Kawhi and Paul George stay healthy. So that means So that means Philadelphia gets nothing. And that's what I wanted to ask you really quick about. Um, so if Philadelphia strikes out on everything this offseason, any chance in, like they get off to a slow start that Embiid maybe asks to get moved? I don't think you'll see that in season. But I think if they flame out early again in the playoffs and he's like, man, we just kind of – punted a little bit on this year and now it's this cap space stuff and what are we going to do with it because the free agent market isn't great and i know you can use cap space to make trades obviously but that's become a whole other thing i could see at the end of the season joel Embiid saying hey what are we doing here hey i want to win before it comes out because you know joel Embiid's 30 now he's you know in i believe this is year 10 or 11 for him like he's not you know, I think there's still, because he missed all that time early, there's the thought of that he's still like 25, 26 years old, and he's only been around for, you know, seven years or something. But he's starting to, you know, hit the point where, hey, if I'm not going to win here, I want to do it somewhere, and let's let's get this figured out. So I think maybe after this year you see him start asking some questions, and it might be as simple as, hey, Giannis said he wanted guys, and the Bucks went and got him Damian Lillard. I want guys too, and what are we doing here? Got about a minute left or so here. Uh, James Harden, I mean, like, what what the hell is going to happen with this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think we might be in for an ugly media day. There's talks he may not even show up, which if you're Philadelphia, that may actually be for the best. Just, you know, let, let's hit him with a fine, and he doesn't show up and, and go, and then it turns to, all right, what does training camp look like? Because they're headed out to Colorado Springs for training camp. Is he going to – be there working out with him? Do you even want him there? Is he going to show up and do what he did at the end of his next tenure? That's the messy stuff that could happen with James Harden unless there's a trade found here in the next few days, and it just doesn't seem like anybody's jumping at the opportunity to trade for him. Keith Smith, I know you've been busy. Really appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on with us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Come back next week. For an all-new episode, many thanks to Keith as my co-hosts Nick Ashew and Ryan Horvath and producer Scott Lynn from BetMGM Tonight. Check out the feed for past episodes that drop unexpectedly and follow the heat check as we head into a new NBA season. Do not forget to download, subscribe, and please tell your friends, every single one of them, and follow us on social at, at @thisheatcheck and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and IG. 
Shout out to my new producer and shout out to you guys for rocking with us.